0: there are many things that you and I do that become part of a routine of life. And even though we do many things routinely, there are certain things in our life, especially our Christian life, that should never be, do- be done in a merely routine manner. And among these things, certainly our celebration of the Eucharist is one of those examples. When we come to Mass, when we come before this altar to encounter this presence of Jesus in the Holy Eucharist, we always want to approach with a living faith and a deep ardent love. As disciples of Jesus, the Lord calls us to be, we must always hold, together with the gift of the Spirit, this gift of Jesus in the Eucharist as one of the most precious gifts of our Christian life. We all know, too, how sometimes even the most precious things of life can be taken for granted, especially when we do them several times in a year or a week. And so we want to pray to the Lord to always help us to grow ever deeper in our appreciation for the Eucharistic presence of Jesus in our midst. This particular quality or trait is what we see very deeply in the lives of the saints, especially in the lives of some of the modern saints. There's a cardinal at present who is being considered for canonization. Cardinal Francis Xavier Van Tuan, a Vietnamese in 1975, in May of that year, he was appointed by Pope Paul VI as the coadjutor archbishop of Saigon. Three months later, August 15th, on the Feast of the Assumption, he was placed under arrest by the communist regime and was made a political prisoner for 13 years. Nine of those years were spent in a small dark cell in solitary confinement. When they arrested him and took him from his home, he was not able to grab anything and take it along. He left with the clothes on his back. A few days later, he was allowed to to request in writing for some necessities of life, which he did to the community in which he served. And in that request, he asked for some medicine for a bad stomach. Now, the person who received this request knew exactly what the Bishop Van was asking for, wine. So he could celebrate the mass. So along with a shirt, with toothpaste, and a few other necessities, they sent a bottle of wine and they labeled it stomach medicine. And then they also sent a flashlight. And inside the flashlight, they enclosed some little tiny hosts to protect it from the humidity so that they wouldn't spoil The camps, these prison camps, had bunkers in the camp. And in each bunker, there was 50 prisoners. And so in his bunker of 50 prisoners, there were five other Catholics who were with him. And they would try to sleep close together. They slept on a board about 20 inches wide under mosquito netting. At 9.30 at night, when the lights were turned off, Bishop Van Tuan would curl up over his 20-inch board and with three drops of wine in the palm of his hand and a drop of water and a little tiny host, he would offer the Mass from memory. After the prayers, he would give communion to the five other Catholics under the mosquito netting under which they slept. They found a way to make little containers out of cigarette packages. And in the little container, they would place a particle of the consecrated host in that little package so that they could take turns spending adoration with Jesus Christ in the blessed sacrament throughout the night. They would each take an hour and then pass it to the next person. When he was asked, after he was released a few years later, how he survived that time, he said, my only strength was Jesus Christ in the blessed sacrament. He said that Jesus helped us in a tremendous way with his silent presence during these years. Many Christians regained the fervor of their faith during those days. Buddhists and even other non-Christians converted to the faith. The strength of Jesus' love was irresistible. The darkness of that prison became light by Christ's presence. What a beautiful Eucharistic faith in the heart of this man that created this powerful source of grace that they tapped into during that incredibly difficult trial, where they could bring their fears and Jesus could calm them and give them peace, where they could bring their doubts and discouragement and Jesus would continue to give them hope and many, many other graces. This is why I am so grateful that God has allowed us, has provided for us a perpetual Eucharistic Adoration Chapel that opens today at one o'clock. This is going to help foster, strengthen, and nourish this Eucharistic amazement, this Eucharistic faith that we see in the lives of so many saints. This is what we need to foster in our children. Saint Therese, the little flower, whose feast day we celebrated October 1st. She writes in her autobiography that her father, when she was a little girl, they would go on walks every day. And when they would pass by a church or a chapel, her father would take her inside and the two of them would kneel down together and they would spend some time of prayer before Jesus in the tabernacle, in the blessed sacrament. Today, we celebrate the feast day of St. John Paul II, which is overshadowed a bit by the Sunday. St. John Paul II had also this beautiful Deep, Eucharistic faith. In fact, those who were in charge of his traveling and schedule were continually frustrated because whenever he would be on his routes to something, another event, if they passed by a church or a chapel, he would insist on stopping. He would say, stop, we're going in. And he would have to pray and kneel down before Jesus in the blessed sacrament. One of his trips to America, to our country, they decided to plan his route in such a way that they would avoid going by a church or a chapel so they could stay on schedule. And he found out that they did this and he wagged his finger at them. How dare you? Keep me from Jesus. If we were to sum up the teaching of St. John Paul II about the Eucharist, basically he believed that the Eucharist was the source of all renewal in the church and in the world. He believed that the Eucharist was the one source that could help us face and overcome every obstacle and problem in our lives and in the world. This is what Cardinal Van Tuan believed when he wrote after his release, Jesus began in that prison a revolution from the cross. Your revolution must begin from the Eucharistic table and has to be carried forward from there. In this way, you will be able to renew humanity. My dear brothers and sisters, if we get the Eucharist right, if we understand this gift and presence of Jesus with us that makes presence the power of his cross and resurrection, If we get this right and approach it with the right disposition, we get every other aspect of our life right. Because this is and will always be forever the source and the summit of the life of the church and of each of its members. And now we are going to celebrate the Eucharist. And may we come forward with this living faith, with this deep, ardent love that is worthy of Jesus in the way he gives himself to us in the Eucharist so that this power, this power of the cross and resurrection may be unleashed in our lives and that we might be part of helping to change this world. Amen?